0: Hey,
1: everybody, and welcome to the Bilber.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz, and I'm an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Bilber.com. Based in New York, on the other line in Los Angeles, is the Ser Jorah to my Tyrion Lannister, Keith Caulfield. How's it going, Keith? I'm good. Game of Thrones. Yeah, well done, man. You got... You're on point today. I
2: I, I heard Lannister. I'm like, hey. I know I Do you know. Do you not watch Game of Thrones? You know, I watched like the first like four or five episodes from the first season, uh, and it was really hard for me to keep track of everyone, and then I just fair. gave up. So it gets, it gets a lot
1: better. Season one, I would say, is definitely the weakest season. Well,
2: you know? that's great. You know, when that's you, when you end. want to get people lured into the show, you start off with a really weak <laughs> season that won't get people interested. So that's, that's I a good point. It's a weak
1: se- I, I wouldn't say it's a weak season. I would just say that it's the weakest season. You know, it happens. Starting anyway. off strong. All right. So moving on to music, though. Pop Shop <laughs> Podcast time, man. Welcome, as always, to our our faithful listeners. We have a ton to talk about today. No, we really do this week. We actually legitimately have a lot to talk about. this is actually going to be a packed week. We are going to be talking about Taylor Swift's soon-to-be amazing and huge Bad Blood music video coming out later this week. Britney Spears and Iggy Azalea, uh, their Pretty Girls music video just came out today. We're recording this on Wednesday. Debuted on the Hot 100. Soon to be hits coming up, uh, Mumford & Sons at number one, American Idol getting shut down after next season, and we have a Pop Shop Podcast interview with the one and only Zed. That's right, Zed, stop by the Pop Shop Podcast, talk about a whole bunch of things, including his new album, True Colors, as well as, you know, being in tabloids for his personal life for the first time. You might have heard that he's been romantically linked with his I Want You To Know co-star Selena Gomez. So we talked about all that. Before we get started, some housekeeping. Of course, as always, if you like the show, subscribe to the Pop Shop Podcast on iTunes so you never miss an episode. Because why would you Why would you want to? Keith, why would anyone want to miss an episode of us talking
2: about podcasts? I don't know. And you know what? When you subscribe on iTunes and you download the podcasts from iTunes, it helps us move up those fancy iTunes charts. Ooh, and in fact, last charts. week, we got as high as, like, what, number 12? With Yeah, the, we've been the, in the top 10 in a, the past couple yeah. of weeks. We were number 12 last week. Thanks to all
1: those who Crazy. have been downloading and subscribing. Uh, give us a rating or review on iTunes as well. It helps our stats. Uh, and hit us up on Twitter if you have any questions. He's at Keith underscore Caulfield. I am at Jason Lipschutz. Keith, are you ready to rock and roll?
2: I am. And I I wish we both could have like shorter Twitter handles. Wouldn't that be just easier? Yeah. I
1: feel like our Twitter handles are pretty clean. At Jason Lipschutz, at Keith underscore oh, Caulfield. Oh, no,
2: they're fine. It's just that mine takes up so many characters. I just wish it could be like, you know, at mm. Keith. It'd be so much easier. The dream
1: lives on. Yeah, anyway. Well, Keith, of course, we have to start with the big event of this week. That is, right, the Billboard Music Awards. We're, we're Billboard. we got to talk about the Billboard Music Awards. Now, before we start about uh, the uh, talking about the actual show, Keith and I will both be there at the Billboard Music Awards in Las Vegas on Sunday night, May 17th. We are definitely doing something after the Billboard Music Awards, maybe beforehand, maybe during it. Well, we're definitely going to do something during it. Definitely gonna do something after it. I'm sorry to keep this all vague. We're still like ninety-five percent sure what we're doing. It does sound like we're gonna do a podcast. I'm not sure if we're gonna do something along the lines of the live podcast like we did after the Grammys. It was a lot of fun. I'm not sure if we're gonna do that again. We will do something like that. That's all I can say for now. But I'm we'll be excited, doing man.
2: something. We'll be doing something. How yeah, about
1: that? We'll, d- we'll definitely be doing something and we'll we'll definitely have a new Pop Shot podcast. Going up on Monday morning, talking about the Billboard Music Awards, it might be recorded live in terms of streaming live. It might not be, but we might take some fan questions. We might be periscoping. It you never know, man. You, you never know. But you know what? I'm excited because I've never been to the Billboard Music Awards. I've been, you know, I, I've I've watched it from afar, longingly, as you've manned the red carpet. And now, to take
2: now your, he's taken over. Take, he's he's basically to what's place. happening. He's gonna he's bumping me off the carpet is what's happening this so is how true. he slowly creeps in and takes over my gig <laughs> my I, gig listen, my I never, gig
1: I, Gosh. I could never be the charts master but i will it's an honor to i, I think we're both going to be on the red carpet yes as we were for the grammys side by side I'm because if kanye
2: west walks up that's all you baby <laughs> and
1: you know what if um if i don't know i, I guess britney would be all you but i i, I don't know you never know. We if, can fight yeah, over Taylor. This? Yeah, we could fight over Taylor. No, I have uh, talked it,
2: to her before, like, a couple times now at the Billboard Awards and the AM. Yeah. and and hey, And, and so have you. So, you know, she'll probably be like, Jason, Keith, hi, because she totally oh, knows us. I listen us. To the Pop Shop Podcast all oh the time.
1: God, I love you guys. You're amazing. Pop Shop Podcast. I subscribed on iTunes.
2: Can wow. you imagine? Can you
1: imagine? She's like, oh, my God, I love the podcast. She probably has. Keith, so ABC, Sunday night, May 17th. It's, it's going to be a blast. The performances, the presenters are, are, I think, mostly all announced. There might be a couple more surprises.
2: Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think, I think, I think all the, well, I think they've all been announced. I, I feel like there still could be some that are coming, though. You never know. I might know who, something. <laughs> who
1: are you most excited to see perform?
2: Um. Well, right now, I will rattle them off quickly. There's Brittany and Iggy, Ed Sheeran, um. An Empire medley, uh, Fall Out yep. Boy and Wiz Khalifa, Hosier, Imagine Dragons, Kanye West, his first performance on the Billboard Awards ever, Kelly Clarkson, Tori Kelly, Little Big Town with Faith Hill, Mariah, Megan Trainer, and John Legend together, Nick Jonas, Nicki Minaj with David Guetta, Simple Minds, Hey, 30 Years Ago, Don't You Forget Ayo. About Me, which is number one, so they're celebrating that song on gonna the show. It's going to be cool. Van Halen, and then another performance with Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth. With Lindsey Sterling, I think I'm most looking forward to seeing hmm, Britney Spears and Iggy Azalea. I I could have called that one. I yeah, well, it. I mean, the last time Britney performed on uh, TV, I believe, was at the Billboard Music Awards in 2011. Yeah. So it's like you know, in like a like a sh- like a TV show setting, um, it's so it's been a while, um, and her performances are always very notable. So, I look forward to seeing what they pull out of a hat that that
1: is uh that's definitely going to be one of the highlights I think I'm excited for whatever Kanye's gonna do. I'm really not sure what he's gonna do I mean you you've seen what he did at the Grammys, especially at the Brit awards doing all day there uh, who knows I mean who who really knows what Kanye's gonna do but he's closing out the show and yeah man, I'm just excited for everybody like i'm I'm excited for the the stuff like this the the quote unquote small I don't want to even say smaller but like you know nick jonas has performed on a bunch of stuff but i'm excited to see him really take the stage and and kind of command it with if he does chains or um jealous or maybe he does something new it's going to be exciting who do you think is going to be like the breakout star Hmm. because you gotta you have a couple artists who are bbma's newcomers you have someone like a tori kelly who is performing obviously at the billboard awards for the first time um, you know, Wiz Khalifa is obviously not a new, a new name, but he's performing twice. It yeah. could be his kind of night. What, I, what do you think? I,
2: think? I think this, you know, our show is not, is unlike the Grammy Awards, where the Grammy Awards will have, you know, like 20 performances or something ridiculous, and they, they bring out talent that is not necessarily incredibly known to the mainstream. You know, uh, immediately comes to mind, you know, a couple years ago, they did that um, tribute to the band. Um, where they had like um, someone from Alabama Shakes, Brittany, Brittany yeah. uh, from Alabama Shakes, Brittany Howard, yes, not thank Britney you. Spears, Brittany Howard, not Britney Spears, the other Brittany, um, the other Brittany, um, along with Mumford and Sons and like you know Elton John and someone else. But you 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 have these performances on the Grammy Awards with sort of unexpected, um, respected artists um, collaborating with you know perhaps larger superstars or just sort of they can take chances on sort of interesting you know, weird kind of under-the-radar things. Um, the Billboard Awards, because we are celebrating the people at the top of the charts, um, there's there's not a lot of room to um, offer performances from kind of flying-under-the-radar type acts. So when you look at who's performing, it's really a bunch of A-listers that everyone already knows. So it's kind of hard to say, ooh, who's going to break out? I'm like, well, they're all big stars. Um, true. The people that would have the most to gain from it would probably be Tori Kelly, probably, um, you know, if Van Halen suddenly blows the roof off, like, it could be, like, the return that's of a, that's Van Halen. That's definitely
1: one of my, like, five most anticipated performances. I can't wait to see that. Because, I mean, you know, ACDC was on the Grammys, and they opened the Van show, Halen, yeah. And then you have Van Halen on the Billboard Music Awards, and I'm, a, I'm just personally a, a much bigger Van Halen guy than I am an ACDC guy,
2: so hmm. let's do it. I mean, uh, Charlie Puth and Lindsey Sterling could certainly, um, you know, because Lindsey Sterling is, is big on YouTube and, and big on the web, and, you know, she has some uh, TV history. Obviously, I think she was on America's Got Talent, I think, you know, a couple years ago. That's how she sort of got bigger, I believe. The kids, the kids love her. The kids, the, ki- the kids these days. So I think, you know, they could, you know, get bigger. Same thing with Jussie from uh, Jussie Smollett and uh, Yaz yeah. uh, from Empire, they're performing. So I think those are sort of the, the kind of, Slightly less than incredibly well-known people. Um, otherwise, everyone else is like major stars.
1: I can't wait for the Empire cast performance. Really, like, I'm I'm really pumped about that because uh, you know I'm an Empire fan. I, I like the show a lot, but you just haven't really seen that anywhere where the the two of them and I think Estelle is coming out with them. Yes. So I, it's uh, I think it's gonna be great. La- last Billboard Music Awards question before we move on: Who do you hope? To meet slash interview while you're there red carpet non
2: red carpet who who's the who's the number one well I, I mean the big get would be either one of the two i'll take I'll take either um but I would love to talk to Brittany and we've been trying trying to to organize something with Brittany um or the one direction that's the same yeah. as
1: yeah, that's my, my that's my answer. One Direction. I just kind of want to hug all the guys and be like, "Ah, oh, guys, it's okay. Ah, oh,
2: you'll be okay." I have a feeling they think it's okay. Just ask Louis. <laughs> He's really okay.
1: If it's but come on, it's been a, cu- a tough couple months for One Direction. I just want to be like, listen, you know,
2: the, it the, you know, to 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 say this in in all fairness, we haven't the foggiest idea what's really going on with those five people and their entire team and the entire organization, the business known as One Direction. And occasionally, as all of us do, we have a slip-up where we let our emotions get in the way and we say something stupid on Facebook to someone yeah. or we, or we say true. something out of line on Twitter. And I think, you know, something clearly bubbled up between Louie and Zane, you know, last week when they had their Twitter kerfuffle. Um, so, you know, it, it is what it is. And, and hopefully, you know, they can all move on and be happy in the, in the future.
1: Let's hope so, man. So, speaking of the Billboard Music Awards, kicking off the Billboard Music Awards this year is the music video premiere of the official clip for Taylor Swift's Bad Blood. And, you know, Taylor Swift music video, usually a big deal in the pop world. But, but this time, as she's been teasing on social media, it's just going to be massive, just, just based on everyone co-starring in this video. It looks kind of like an action piece, you have Kendrick Lamar in there. He's the big name. You also have Lena Dunham. You have Ellie Golding I mean, you have Zendaya. You have Haley Williams. She's never really made a video like this before, right? I mean,
2: no. you think about
1: you think about something like a like a flashy kind of blank space where where it's. You know, the production value is really high, but this is, this looks like Sin City 3 over here. It's yeah. It's crazy, they, <laughs> man.
2: It does look like the, the, the poster, like artwork for Sin City. I and mean, Jessica Alba's in it too. And and uh, Academy Award nominee, Haley Steinfeld. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's like what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. This, this is counting
1: on the Pop Shop Podcast.
2: Shut up. Um, Shut up! Um, there's like twelve so far guest stars in the video. I'm like, is there really enough room for all these people? I, I, yeah, I everyone's like, gonna I,
1: get like three seconds.
2: Like they all get a cameo as they walk past. I, I particularly like the uh, the memes where you have uh, people spoofing the posters on Tumblr, where they've put like Taylor's cats, you know, in in a poster. <laughs> yeah. Or I saw one the other day where it was Meryl Streep, um, and I, I actually for a second I'm like, oh my god, Meryl's in the video. And it's like insane. the bra- this time the braids are back, and it's like Meryl Streep with braids in her hair from her next movie where she plays a rock star. Oh man! But yeah, I mean, who knows? There could be more people. She could be saving the really, really big guns for this weekend when she drops it on Saturday or Sunday. Or there could be a surprise, you know, surprise cameo in it that she won't announce until the video actually premieres, and you That's have to true. tune into the Billboard Music Awards on Sunday night to actually see this video. It's
1: true, man. And a lot of people are wondering, you know, where's Selena Gomez? Where's Heim? Where are some of her? A-list friends, uh, she certainly has a bunch of them in there, but we still have a couple days before the music video drops, can't wait to see what that looks like, and one, one last thing about the, the Billboard Music Awards, uh, going back, uh, as you mentioned, Britney Spears and Iggy Azalea performing Pretty Girls for the first time on the BB Maze, and you know, it's funny because last week we, we spent the whole, most of the show uh, talking with Brad Stern, of Pop Crush about Pretty Girls. The song came out last week. And thanks again to Brad for stopping by the Pop Shop Podcast. So, But this is another big week for the, the song because not only are Iggy and Britney performing it at the BBMAs, the music video just dropped on Wednesday. First of all, what did you think of the music video?
2: I thought it was pretty cool, actually. Um, we both watched it this morning because it premiered this morning. Um, two days late, I believe. Um, yeah. But no, I liked it. I thought it was, um, I thought it was fun. You know, it's very, you know, alien. My stepmother's an alien spoof. Uh, you know, uh, Iggy lands from out of space in Brittany's pool. Hijinks ensue as Brittany uh, teaches. Hijinks, <laughs> te-
1: <laughs> hijinks is the exact right word for that. Video. Uh, it's, it's
2: it's just full of. It's basically just a hijinks fueled filled video. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was funny how. Um, Oh, no, I just I just like the. I thought it was a cute video I, I I have some minor quibbles with it I don't know what did you think of it
1: yeah I thought it was perfectly silly that's that's how I put it I, I think that it didn't really need that comedy bit in the middle where Iggy's on the phone doing her like valley girl thing and uh, yeah I think that lost a little bit of momentum but
2: well you got to get the sponsor in there Samsung clearly is is a uh, as a of producer course. of the video and so you have to have a moment where you ha- introduce yeah, a Samsung it could, you know it could have been a little bit
1: more seamless
2: but it could have been yes
1: I think that this is exactly the kind of look that this song needed and it'll be interesting to see how it resonates I mean Britney's dancing in the video Iggy's doing her thing they both have perms it's it's a lot of fun uh the Pretty Girls we should mention debuts on the Hot 100 this week at number 29 Keith uh how much of a bump, if any, do you think it'll see next week based on the music video release mm. and Billboard Awards performance?
2: Well, I mean, you'll have the one-two punch of the video and the Billboard Music Awards performance. That It, it could be big. It could be significant. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's too early to tell. I mean, the sales um, will probably have a drop-off, but then again, you don't know. I mean, we saw how the sales for the song eroded, you know, kind of swiftly. Um, after the first couple days last week so perhaps the video will uh, trigger further interest in it and then that will be continued through sunday when they perform it on the show um so i don't know i i i don't know that's my answer i guess we'll see I'm sticking to it i guess we'll,
1: i guess we'll see so keith we should mention with Khalifa charlie Puth number one again on the hot 100 with see you again not that much action in the top 10 no new top 10 arrivals so let's go right to it man these are a couple songs that are not in the top 10 not even in the top 20 not even in the top 40 (laughs) but they could be there soon enough and that's why we call this segment
2: soon to be hits all
1: right man we got two soon to be hits this week i will take the first one you will take the second one all right this is a little change up from last week where you took the first one, I took the second one. That's what we're zany here at the Pop Shop Podcast. You never know what we're going to do.
2: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> first, soon to be hit this week is from OMI. This song is called Cheerleader. It moves up 16 spots this week on the Hot 100. It's a reggae pop song by OMI, which is the name, the, the artist name of Omar Samu- Samuel Pasley. You just Googled that, didn't you? No, no, I, hey man.
2: Like, I'm hey a, man, I'm no, a big I talked fan to him
1: Omar Samuel Pasley. I just, I, I don't know if it's Pasley or Paisley. It's spelled like Pasley. Might be Paisley. Anyway, Cheerleader is a reggae pop song. It was originally released way back in 2012. It was a hit in Australia and many parts of Europe. And it is number one right now in the UK. It, it's, I, I kind of liken the song to the 2015 version of Nico and saying am I, am I Wrong, wrong
2: basically. It's this It's Yeah, rhythm.
1: where it, it just kind of conquered a lot of international charts. And right now, like I said, it's number one in the UK. This song is number one, See You Again by Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth is number two over across the pond, as they say. But this this is a song that's um, gaining some momentum in the US. I mean, it's, it's up, like I said, 16 spots, number 63 last week, number 47 this week on the Hot 100 and it sounds like a kind of stealth song of the summer maybe not number one but maybe in the top 10 it just keeps moving up it's a very breezy song kind of reminds me a little bit of shaggy and who who himself debuts in the hot yeah, 100 shaggy
2: week. himself debuts this week on the hot 100 coming back to the chart for the first time since 2001 it's it's a little reggae renaissance right now
1: a little bit but very breezy and it, it Recently, I should say that I should mention that the song is from twenty twelve, but more recently, Felix John remixed it and has given the song a little bit of new life. so cheerleader, definitely a soon to be hit.
2: So my selection for the soon to be hit this week is Nicki Minaj's new single, "The Night is Still Young." The song debuts at number 93 on the Billboard Hot 100, and it is her 62nd, that is right, 62, 6-2, 62nd chart hit on the Hot 100. Um, it is sort of a kind of poppy top 40, dancey, vaguely EDM song. Uh, so you know how Nikki can transform herself from uh, rapstress to popstress in the blink of an eye. Well, she's on the pop tip this time around. Um, the song kind of reminds me of Funds We Are Young mixed with kind of a a melancholy EDM track because it has a sort of melancholy vibe to it to a certain degree. Um, And and I think if you hear the way she delivers the vocals, there's sort of this kind of uh, reflective element to it. Um, Some of the background on the song, the producers and and writers is is interesting. It was was co-written by Esther Dean, who also co-wrote uh super bass for for nikki and is also by the way in pitch perfect one and two pitch perfect two opens this weekend by the way Um, and it was produced by uh dr luke and circuit so uh clearly a lot of proven hit makers behind the song so you'd think this one is going to probably be a hit and probably a top 40 hit in short order
1: all right man that is it for soon to be hits All right, man, we have to get to the Billboard 200 albums chart where we have, you know, a little bit of a bit mixed bag of a number one album debut. Mumford & Sons, Wilder Mind, their third album, their second number one, it
2: starts with how many uh, How many album equivalent units, Keith? 249,000 units, of which 231,000 were traditional album sales, which okay, is okay. So which is I mean, it's great, you know, for this year, but for Mumford...
1: Yeah, that's that's the sound I made when I read that, when I when I heard that number because, as a lot of people know, September twenty twelve, Mumford and Sons released their sophomore album Babble, Babel. 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 Babel.
2: It's Babel. Babel. No, 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 it's Babel. Babel.
1: Babel. Babel? Yep. <sighs> Dude, just anyway, say Babel. Mumford and Sons released their <laughs> sophomore album Babel back in September twenty twelve. Sold six hundred thousand copies, which was at the time. The largest debut of 2012. Obviously, Taylor Swift's Red surpassed that a couple weeks later, but it was a, a massive debut. The album went on to win Album of the Year at the Grammys. So, 600,000 in 2012. Less than half of that in 2015. Keith, what happened here?
2: I well, I mean, there's many theories one might have on this, and I'm, I wasn't harassing you about people. I was joking with you, Jason. Um, but that is how you pronounce it. Um, silence man you're just giving me the cold shoulder now (laughs) say something jason say something
1: babel babel is 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 a fun little name for that that album anyway
2: um well i think some of it some of the theory could be some of the theory their first album sigh no more Um, by the time babel had come out sigh no more was a a really really big album it had sold two and a half million copies i think by that point Um, and they had sort of grown to become this huge band. And so when Babel came out, there was all this built-up you know, attention and built-up fan base just dying to get the new album. And the first single from that album was called I Will Wait, and that was kind of ubiquitous across all kinds of airplay and radio, and it was kind of unavoidable. So then when Babel comes out, it has a good run, wins album of the year. It's kind of like this sort of coronation for them, you know, uh, after after the success of Sigh No More and then Babel, and then, you know, they, they win the, the Grammy for Album of the Year. And then they kind of retreat and come back for the third album. I think sometimes as cycles go, when you have that first album that builds and builds and builds, Followed by a second album, which is enormous. It's hard to follow up with the third album because it's it's rare that you continue to have bigger and bigger debuts each time around. So I yeah. think it's I think they're just going back to sort of a normal level, as opposed to the sort of kind of monster level. Yeah, artificially monsterish Babel level, which was really kind of like if you think of it, think of it this way: when Hootie and the Blowfish, oh God, I'm not comparing Mumford nice. directly to Hootie, but yeah. in terms of in terms of sales, this makes sense. Hootie and the Blowfish's first album had a really long, um, you know, sales period where for like, you know, a couple years it was just, you know, going great guns and churning out the hits. And, and then the next album um, came out, the name of which I forgot, uh, whatever the Hootie's second album was, it had a huge first week. Um then they couldn't really replicate that with the third and fourth albums because, well, all the people that you got to buy the first album turned up in the first week for the second album, and then you couldn't really sustain that going forward. Same thing happened with Alanis Morissette with Jagged Little Pill and then followed by supposed former infatuation junkie which junkie, debuted at yeah. number one had a big first week but she couldn't really sustain that going forward and I
1: think did you know that did you know the name of that album off the top of your head
2: supposed former infatuation junkie
1: I give you credit yes because I, did. I always I always kind of mix up those four words I'm like infatuation junkie former
2: well I always remember that supposed was the first word yeah now after that I could have gotten it, it could be screwed up so if I got it wrong I apologize um, but I, <laughs> but I think I think this is kind of you have to think of it in this way where um, you know, it's not a bad thing. So you have to really kind of put it in perspective. Um, yeah, Mumford and Sons is still a big band. Don't. I, ha, get I have in
1: my note. I have in my notes uh, that it's it's almost. It reminds me a little bit of the Art Pop debut when Lady Gaga came out with Art Pop. Yeah, in November 2013. Well, and everyone. That's and everyone even more was, twisted
2: because Born This Way had the 99 cent thing that inf- really well, inflated that its sales figure too. But
1: even. But even so, even even removing that, I mean, Born This Way came off of a ton of huge singles from the fame and the fame monster and it was it's kind of the culmination of that and had this 1 million uh sales week in 2011 and then art pop comes out sells i think around 270,000 copies in November 2013 and that's still a really big number but and but it just it was it had to be a little bit of a letdown from that fever pitch of where she was at in 2011. Meanwhile, every
2: one of Taylor Swift's albums just sells more and more each time it comes out. Yeah,
1: she she's yeah. the anomaly exactly. She's,
2: she is the weird sort of anomaly in this entire music industry. Is Taylor yeah, and,
1: Swift? and the, and the thing, and the last thing I want to say about Mumford before we move on is that you know they they made a big departure with this album by kind of plugging in. Quote unquote, yeah, it's not they, folk.
2: It's not on our folk albums chart, which is where their last two albums were at. Yeah. We don't consider them a folk act anymore, necessarily.
1: Exactly. And it, it was it was a little bit risky. I think that people... There hasn't really been a backlash. I mean, Mumford & Sons fans are, are still going to you know buy tickets to their shows, and they'll support them at festivals and whatnot. But I think that Mumford & Sons was a little bit secretly hoping that this was kind of a little bit of a shift in terms of critical respect, where people... See what they're doing and and acknowledge them as a, a huge rock band that that really matters. I feel like you know Wilder Mind. I, I I like the album. I don't think that it's like a game changer that they wanted it to be. So I think maybe that's part of the letdown a little bit. That were they, were they, they hoping
2: they, this would be their like Octung Baby sort of thing?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think they they wanted to posit this album as hey, this is a major change for us. We're Capital A artists, and this is what we're doing now. We're really changing our sound but committing to our art and people you know it the the response has been good but not great i guess and i i think that you know if you look at just the singles believe hasn't done as well as i will wait and uh even though believe kind of sounds like in that Coldplay arena rock vibe so i don't know i i think that you know it's it's hard because this is the third biggest album debut we're, we're saying all of these things it's the third big album debut of the year and it's a huge debut, but, you know, it's it's obviously a letdown from the 2012 sophomore album. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Keith, before we get to Zed, uh, a couple quick thoughts on American Idol. Earlier this week, it was announced that season 15 of American Idol, which will end in May 2016, will be its last on Fox. All of the judges are coming back, Jennifer Lopez, Harry Connick Jr., and Keith Urban, but... American Idol will end its decade and a half run were you surprised by this Keith
2: uh no why not well I mean the, the ratings have been in in the tank <laughs> in the past couple years they yeah. haven't actually turned out uh, or produced any sort of significant star uh, for since I would I would I would I would contend probably Philip Phillips yeah. Um, you know, which was like what 4 years ago maybe. Um, I mean That was 3 years it's ago. 3 years ago? Yeah. Um, so the last two seasons have been um and you know, Philip Phillips did okay with his first album, but then hasn't really been able to do anything after that. Scotty McCreary before that had sort of one big album. Um yeah. you know, they're really far away from the era of J-Hud and Carrie Underwood and um Kelly Clarkson, you know, the first season, you know, 15, 14 years ago. Uh, Yeah. So none of this is surprising, and if they go out um, with a bang, then it could be great. I unfortunately personally have not actually watched American Idol in an incredibly long time. I spend a lot of time, as the rest of America does, watching YouTube for music. Um, So I mean, and I mean that in sort of like a snippy way, but I mean, really, that's what's happened. Like in like 14 years ago, we were not discovering new artists and new talent and new songs from YouTube. We were discovering them from, oh, American Idol. How fun. It's a game show crossed with music discovery. Well, most people discover music through social networks and Facebook and YouTube and other sources now and not necessarily through television shows anymore. And that's why X Factor and The Voice and American Idol have all had trouble for the most part producing actual stars i know fifth harmony is having a moment right now and they were on the x factor but no one from the voice has really had any success truly like in terms of the carrie underwood type success so i think it's probably time and if they do it right it could go out on a really positive note with a big bang
1: yeah it's it's funny because you kind of answered my my next question for me
2: which was no no it's okay
1: i was going to ask you if you think like a a reality tv competition can produce even like actually produce any stars in 2015 and beyond because like you said it's just not only has it not happened for a couple of years and not just on idol but like you said the voice x factor but i mean like you said people are are like in terms of like an A&R process people are looking at youtube they're looking at vine more they are than they are at something like american idol look i mean at,
2: look at look at all the, the the people that have been sort of signed from vine and youtube in the past couple of years that have you know, or, you know, even like just a small amount of success, people like Cameron Dallas or Jack and Jack, or, you know, all the sort of uh, dance, R&B, hip hop hits lately, you know, that have broke through like nasty freestyle. I mean, those people would have had to go on American Idol 15 years ago to make something happen. And they don't need to, they just have their own YouTube channel and go viral. So I kind of wonder, if you're auditioning for American Idol for next season, what do you hope to get from it? Like if you are going to go to one of those call, co- like those big auditions in a big city and you hope to get on the show, what are you hoping to get from this show? Yeah. Because you've seen in the past couple of years that no one's become a star from it. So what do you actually want from the show? That's a question. Yeah. I,
1: have. I mean, that's the thing is I, I hope, I feel like you just hope that you get your name out there. People know, like I, I feel like the casual music listener doesn't know who Caleb Johnson is and he won American Idol last year, but like, you know enough
2: music fans
1: might know that name and know, yeah, no yeah
2: no music American fans Idol. know that name people that watch television shows and people that watch American Idol know that name that's and always it, been that's always music been the,
1: bloggers that's,
2: that's been the, well that's been the disconnect with American Idol and all these reality shows is that these shows exist for television entertainment purposes um they they were it was always difficult to transition any of their tv stars into actual music stars yeah um and and they've been trying to do better at that in the past five or six years but you know i saw some of the uh performance finale the two-part finale of idol this week i saw a little bit of it in the office uh yesterday Mm -hmm. both those guys are just i mean perfectly great singers you know perfectly nice singers but in the little bit that i saw they did not have the so-called x factor like i wasn't like wowed like i wasn't having like an adam lambert or kelly moment with them i was just like wow mm, they're okay I guess, maybe
1: and that and that's sort of the thing if if the right talent sort of stumbled into the american idol path and which is completely undeniable then maybe things are a little bit differently but or a little bit different but that just hasn't happened since I would contend Adam Lambert I mean I know Scotty McCreary has his country base Philip Phillips really kind of had one and a half hit songs yep but yeah it just it hasn't happened and that's not not to take away from you know Caleb Johnson Candace Glover who won 2 years ago whoever wins this season and whoever wins next season it's just the culture has shifted to a point where people don't really you know make assume that Whoever wins American Idol is is going to be a star. Yeah, and that's and that's the problem. And I think that's why it, it has to end. But you know, fifteen. Hey, man, fifteen years. Like people are like, ah, American Idol being put out of its misery. And you know, it, it has gone down the last five six years. But fifteen years. Like that's that's an incredible run. So there you go. There you go. Keith, we got to get to Zed. He stopped by the Pop Shot podcast earlier this week tape a segment talking about again, like I said, his new album True Colors, which is out next week. He also talked about I want you to know his top twenty hit with Selena Gomez, Ooh la la, Ooh la la, um, and you know I, I asked about Selena, just, just the fact that no, I you know it, it's funny because I, I wanted to be respectful. He he didn't want to talk about that stuff, which I, I totally understand. But I wanted to ask how you know he's been in Us Weekly a lot. I want to know how that's affected his life. We also talked about the collaborations on this album, as well as playing arenas, which he will be doing later this week, later this year, excuse me. Here's Zed on the Pop Shop Podcast. (laughs) Zed, thank you so much for stopping by the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Thank you for having me. The new album is True Colors. That's right. It's about to be released. Yep. And... You know, I'm curious because you are uh, an EDM, dance, whatever you want to call it, superstar. And it's a genre that's not necessarily known for albums as much as live performances. But there seems to be just a lot of hard work and craft and just a lot of care put into this album. And I, I wanted to see what you thought about yourself as an albums artist as well as a live artist. Do you see yourself as someone who puts out a body of work like True Colors and wants it to stand on its own?
3: Yes. Well, um, I come from a different background. You know, I've been in a band where it's very normal to make albums. Mm -hmm. You don't really just make a single and go with it. And when I, you know, came into this electronic dance music world, I was really confused by why people don't make more than, you know, a song or maybe two. Because I felt like that's definitely not enough time to really express your feelings. So I started working on an album and that seemed to be kind of weird. For people at some yeah. point, because there was like a handful of electronic albums at that point that were, you know, seriously crafted as a body of work and not as a compilation. Um, <coughs> and I realized by making clarity that there's so much I can express and there's a lot of people I can reach that probably would not have given me the chance if I just released one song. Yeah. And I took the chance to make True Colors the album to show people that you can like this music even if you're not a dance music fan. And I, you know, worked with a with a rapper that I, which I've never done before. I worked with um, a rock band, which you know I, I've worked with Haley, but not necessarily. Yeah, the band, um, the band. And um, I think I'm trying to show that this music is not just this EDM genre, but this is just music. You know, M. Yeah, my, my genre is <laughs> you're an M, M superstar. <laughs>
1: I like it. No, it's true. I, I mean, it's funny because uh, speaking of the collaborations, I'm sure you guys get so many calls it's like hey you know zed can we get him on this track can he produce this track can we get him featured how difficult is it to kind of parse through that and say okay
3: this makes sense for this artist this is who i want to work with it is difficult i mean it it got more and more difficult with um you know dance music growing and people realizing that um you know maybe there's more to a song than just the vocal because it felt like that's what people thought before it's like the vocal is 90 percent of the song there's a little bit of a beat behind it and suddenly yeah. they realize that that beat is actually pretty important and the music that's being written behind it um what really is nice for me to see is that a lot of people have hit me up to produce their records that aren't just dance music you know everything from pop artists to to rappers mm-hmm. to you know a country band it's not just edm and that's really nice for me to see because like i said i really like to see myself as a musician and mostly produce electronic music. But if you look at the song True Colors, it's mostly acoustic. It has a tom and it has, you know, a piano and a guitar, but barely anything electronic at all. It has church bells. I don't know what, what
1: that is. Very cool, man. I mean, the, fir- the first single, obviously, a lot of people are still talking about, it, I Want You To Know with Selena. Yeah. Why, why was she the right voice for that song?
3: Well, I met her a couple days before we did the song, yeah. and um, the song wasn't finished when we recorded it, so I was like, you know, maybe there's some couple songs we can work on together. I want you to know was the first one. We've recorded a couple more songs that we haven't finished yet, and um, I loved the voice. I thought I had a really great energy, so, um, you know, I told Ryan Tedder, who I wrote the song with, yeah. he loved the voice, so to me, I didn't really heard anything else. I didn't want to hear anything else on it, so I decided this should be my first single. But there have been songs on the album where i had a voice that i liked but i felt like there might be something that would fit better and i recorded a second and a third and a fourth and a fifth artist yeah uh to realize that the first one was the best <laughs> but um yeah when i'm sure that the vocal fits and you know it sounds perfect i'm not necessarily going to go for another one but sometimes you feel like you could have something different that would fit better yeah but i mean obviously it, it worked out it worked out Top yeah. 20
1: hit all right, you know, from just from a, I'm curious, just from a professional standpoint, because you're, you're gearing up for this album, this tour, mm-hmm. and yet your name is in you know tabloids and stuff like that for the first time. What what is that experience like for you? Like just seeing that kind of association during an album cycle?
3: I mean, I really didn't like it. I'll be honest with you because um, I don't think I've ever been in the press in my life for anything but my music, and I've yeah. appreciated that a lot. And I've never had any you know scandals, or I've never done anything bad, um, and everyone only talked about my music and i liked that that's how i wanted to be and then out of nowhere suddenly people started talking about things that had nothing to do with my music i was like wait we got a song why don't you talk about that song it took me a really long time to do this yeah um so that point i made the decision to just never talk about anything but the music yeah um in the public because i don't ever want to be the artist that's known for something but the music
1: yeah I, and like I said, I'm sure that's totally understandable because you, you work so many months on this body
3: of work yeah. and then people are like, oh, well, like, it's like a distraction almost. It, it is a distraction. That's, yeah. I mean that's exactly what it is and I wasn't used to it either. Like it started coming in from like my dad would text me something like, hey, have you seen this? Oh, and at man. that point it went over four stations and four languages and turned into something completely different. And I'm like, dad, just, you know, if, <laughs> if I tell you something, that's what it is and just don't believe anything you read online. That's fair, No, And don't listen to other people's opinions about my music. Tell me what you think. And that's all I care about.
1: You're playing Madison Square Garden. We're in New York taping this. And it just, it's, it's, I'm curious because there have been a lot of dance acts playing MSG, playing more arenas. Like, do you feel like competitive with with other dance acts like or i'm sure you're friends with a lot of these guys but but is it like do you ever like is there ever like that twinge of like oh they're playing msg i gotta play msg (laughs) is there any is there ever anything like that
3: no i actually i thought it was really inspiring to see other people play msg Uh, by other people i mean other people from my genre because to me that was something that was kind of far away something you think you can't reach and then you think you see someone else play it and you see people go it's like well maybe i could do this too um Madison Square Garden is I think something in every artist's dreams. Yeah. You want to do it one day. Um I didn't necessarily think I was at that stage already and it's it's amazing to see that, you know, within a few years after being in a band for <laughs> almost a, you know a <laughs> decade that you suddenly can play MSG by yourself. Yeah. Um so that's absolutely incredible feeling but in terms of com- com- competition I think that dance music is the one genre that supports Everybody In the genre Way more than Any other genre I could imagine Because we're based On support When I play A DJ said I will play 50% of my music But 50% of other Dudes that I really love And you know Appreciate And every time I play their song They sell a couple Units of that song And we remix each other And we go on tour With each other When I'm in the city If someone's playing Here tonight I'll probably show up And support that artist So I think there's Very very little competition Compared to any other genre In the entire world I would think who is an EDM actor, a, a
1: DJ, or a producer that we need to know about that you might we might not necessarily know about?
3: Uh, well, a uh, producer that's incredibly talented is Kevin Drew. Um, I've worked with him a bunch. He's a really good friend of mine. Whenever I'm stuck with a song, he will be the first person I'll go to. It's like, dude, listen to the song. What direction do you hear the song from? Do you have any idea where I have to go? Um, he's extremely talented. He's also a great singer, what a lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, he is super talented. I would have said DJ Snake just a little while ago, but now I think he's everybody got, yeah, knows DJ <laughs> Snake. Um, there's a lot of really talented artists out there.
1: Man, it's so crazy with that DJ Snake and Aluna George song because you yes. know you like it, is like it. It's in the top 40 of the Hot 100 now, but the song's been out like over I three know. years.
3: I think it's great. I mean, It's crazy. Uh, I remember with Empire of the Sun, uh, at least in Germany, I don't know if the same story happened here, but they released their album, they released their single, people liked it. And then like a year and a half later, it came, it it was on a commercial. And then the whole thing, you know, once more. And now everybody liked it. Um, I think it's great. The song deserves to have a long life and a second chance. And I'm glad for him that that happened. So like I said,
1: True Colors, the new album from Zedd, comes out next week. Check that out. And he will be on tour all year long he he's a great have you ever seen Zed I know you're not like a big EDM guy no I have not but, seen Zed <laughs> you seem like so you're just like of course I haven't seen Zed he's actually he's actually like one of my favorite EDM performers him and him and Skrillex are are they just really put on a good show I've seen a lot of them at this point and they might be my two favorites
2: have so, I ever pronouncing Skrillex's name wrong is it Skrillex or Skrillax I think it's just Skrillex Skrillex. There's Skrillex. an, an uh, X Babel? It's not Skrillex. Babel. X or X. X or X. Babel. It's Babel. He's they <laughs> pronounced it Babel.
1: <laughs> it's time, man, for your chart stat of the week.
2: Hey, so have I got a chart stat for you, Jason. All right. 25 years ago this week.
1: I was...
2: Two. Oh, shut up. You were two? I was two. You were born in 1988? No. You, you were?
1: I, uh, 87, but about uh, August 87.
2: Oh, man. Well, I wasn't two. <laughs> um, so, 25 years ago this week, Jason was two, and Madonna's Vogue hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Nice. Uh, Vogue ascended to the top of the chart on May 19th, 1990. And the, the song, uh, if, if, if for those of you listening, tune into Billboard.com next week. I'll have a, a really great um, sort of 25th anniversary of Vogue-type story coming. There's also something running in the print version of, of Billboard this week. Um, so I'm giving you a little bit of a taster of what I'm talking about in these things. Um, I actually spoke to the co-writer and co-producer of the song, Shep Pettibone. Um, Shep Pettibone was a co-producer and co-writer, co-writer of Vogue. Um, He had an amazing story of how basically he had remixed so much Madonna stuff and had become like a sort of the king remixer um, at that point in time. Like he'd remixed, you know, Pet Shop Boys and Janet Jackson and and Madonna and, and kind of was Madonna's go to remixer at the time. Warner Brothers offered him the opportunity to collaborate with Madonna um and basically called him up and said hey can you can you give us some music can you give madonna some music we're, we're working on a b-side and basically vogue was intended to be the b-side of madonna's keep it together which was the fifth and final single from the like a prayer album well they said here we have five thousand dollars can you do something basically vogue was made for five thousand dollars he made some music gave it to madonna madonna was like i love this i'm gonna do this she flew to new york they did it in like i think a day or two maybe tops um, and then boom, the rest is history. Warner Brothers heard the song and they're like, okay, this is not going to be a B-side. <laughs> this is going to be a single and this is going to be huge. And boom, it was number one. And so tune in to billboard.com next week for my fun Q and A with Shep Pettibone. And, uh, there you go. 25 years ago this week, Madonna hit number one. With
1: the- love, not, not only a chart set, but a, a chart plug. I like that. Tune in it, next week to billboard.com. It's a
2: combo platter.
1: Um, it's... <laughs> And it's delicious. Keith, thank you for your chart stat of the week. All right, man, that's going to do it for us at the Pop Shop Podcast. But as I said at the top of the show, check iTunes and Billboard.com on Monday morning, May 18th. You will most likely see... Something on there from the Pop Shop <laughs> podcast? Yeah, I know. I wish I, I wish I could am- announce it. it. It has to be like what specifically we're doing at the Billboard Music Awards.
2: Basically, just follow if if you're on Twitter. Yeah, just follow follow, us on follow either one of us. You, I mean, you don't have to follow us, but just you can go to Twitter on Sunday night or just follow Billboard. Um, and yeah, they'll tweet about it. One of the three of us will be tweeting what we're going to be doing. If we do something interactive on Sunday night, you'll hear about it then. If not, you'll hear about it as well.
1: Basically basically we want to make it as interactive as possible which is what we were figuring out because the the grammys post show was so much fun for us because we got to take a lot of fan questions and a lot of fan reactions so we're trying to we're trying to get those t's crossed and those i's dotted and hopefully we will soon enough thanks again to zed for stopping by the pop shop podcast keith do you have any parting words
2: um you've just got to let your body move to the music jason
1: (laughs) Uh, let's go out on Vogue, I guess, man. Thanks for listening and take care.
0: Institutes.